Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Rick and Joe NFL Draft Show. Powered by NFLDraftScout.com. Back at it again for another edition of the Rick and Joe NFL Draft Show here at the NFLDraftScout.com. March 28th, 2019. Breaking it all down, and guess what, everybody? It's finally here. The 2019 NFL Draft Bible. Available for download right now at NFLDraftScout.com. Go get your copy. A thousand players ranked. Over 400 scouting reports. Over 100 player interviews. On location across the nation because that's just how we get down RIC and the place to be Rick Saratella telling it like it is when it comes to the NFL draft since 2002 my co-host riding shotgun Joe Everett never leaving a stone unturned about to join me in just a second here to break down some diamond hunters we love searching for diamonds who are some of those day three gems who are some of those players in the second round that are outperforming the first round picks? And of course, we'll discuss a whole lot more with Joe Everett at Joe W. Everett, never leaving a stone unturned. We did get the draft Bible off of our plate, my man, with about uh, 30 days left to go until the 2019 NFL draft down in, in Nashville. So lots of content. Lots of information, lots of scouting reports for the people to digest. What was your favorite part now that we've got it off of our plate and uh, moved on to 2020? Favorite part, memory through the journey, on location, across the nation. Uh, outstanding job, by the way, but we put the baby to bed. Oh, well, you know, putting uh, round grades on, on the wide receivers and then realizing I'm done and and completely doing it backwards. That was one of my favorite parts and <laughs> redoing that. Uh, <laughs> no, it's uh it's a lot of information entry. Anybody that never really did a draft guide or anything, that's what kind of surprises you in the process of it. But I, it really was fun. I can't count how many times to where uh, I really went back to it, went back to a couple of games and just said, no, I, I don't believe what I'm doing here. I got to get a refresher on a, on a prospect. So it was a lot of hard work, but it was good work. And, um, I mean, as a result, I, I think, um, uh, on the position groups that I was working with, I know them pretty intimately, but also I think just, um, as a draft class for us as a site, and this is definitely one of the strongest years we've had. And, um, 
yeah, it's uh, after finally conquering this bad boy, it's almost like uh, sounds crazy now, but I I think you and I are thinking like so many ways of next year, like, man, I'll be able to do that faster, I'll be able to get this knocked away, and like, yeah, strategies and plans are already unfolding and hatching for next year for sure, but no, it was it was a blast getting that knocked out this year, and heck, the best part is uh, this month right now, it's, it's uh, wrapped up, we can just tell folks about it and uh yeah sit kicking back and actually reading the damn thing has been uh, p- pretty good <laughs> no doubt about it and i agree i think it's probably the best piece of work we've done as a nfl draft bible familia uh, our greatest body of work but i agree wholeheartedly <clears throat> like i've been telling people hey the way with a w but it was a victory where I said, you know, we could have did X, Y, and Z better. So I'm very proud of what we accomplished and the feedback has been phenomenal. Uh, 2020 process has already begun, but let's not forget about the 2019 draft class a month away, Joe. And uh, it's our diamond hunters edition. You know, the mainstream media, they're so fascinated with telling you about the first round players. They tend to forget there's seven rounds of the draft. Uh, plus, you know, undrafted free agents. And uh, we got you covered there because today we're going to talk about some of the guys on day two and day three that we really enjoy. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head just assembling, you know, location we've assembled in, in almost a decade. 2010 was the last time we actually put out a, a an actual publication. So I agree. I feel like I've got uh, a, a really strong feel on the draft. And, um, you know, I'm ready to uncover somebody's hidden gem so let's get into it uh you know a guy in the first round that nobody sees coming joe let's start there and i'm gonna run with the first one here because as you know and anybody who's been listening to the show by the way we also have another weekly podcast with russ landy longtime nfl a pro scout and evaluator uh so be on the lookout for that but Joe and I are breaking it down every week, so check out the archives. Uh, Diamond Hunter series, Joe. Chris, I almost said Chris Snee, but it's another Boston College offensive lineman, Chris Lindstrom, who I've got my eyes on, Joe. I don't know. I, I, I just call me crazy. I, I don't see anybody talking him up. I just watched this kid on film. I saw him at the Senior Bowl. I don't see how any NFL team that wants – a bulldog in the interior of their offensive line doesn't take this kid in the first round. Call me crazy. I just would be shocked if he's not in the first round. And I don't see too many people talking about him being in the first round. Your thoughts? How much people like to play with the kids. The telling quotes at the senior bowl was Dalton Risner saying, I like Lindstrom. I want to play with him at the next level. When other linemen are talking about how well you play, uh, uh, that that kind of really alert uh, alarm bells were ringing for me down in Mobile. And then uh, what he did at the combine, the style of play he has, and heck, Chris Snee, that's that's not a bad comparison. And just look at the success some of these linemen have had coming out of that program. Uh, I think he should be talked about not only as the top guard, but uh, when when teams are at the end of that round one, I mean, I've I've, I've been scratching my head and just, you know, breaking things down here, trying to get the top 100, uh, my top 100 where I like it. And I'm still at only about 25, 26 first round actual grades where I'm like, no, that guy's day one. I'm, I'm confident in it, but getting those next 10, 
is I think where a lot of teams they're they're, they're looking to guys they want to fit in that conversation. It's going to boil down to needs, and it's going to boil down to teams like maybe Minnesota. Uh, her cousin's getting killed there and they need that interior help. Well, I'll tell you a guy day one could just jump right in there and fix that problem is a guy like Lindstrom. So uh, guards at the end of round one are going to be a lot more appealing, especially with the success, you know, like some of these teams have had with guards uh, in the first round. I mean, we don't have to look too much further from Indianapolis to say, uh, I mean, that paid off in spades for Andrew Luck. So I, I think teams, looking to protect that quarterback it's 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 not as much tackle anymore um that that sweet spot at the end of round one i think is where lindstrom might have a chance to sneak in yeah i did a uh <clears throat> i did a show with the guys over at chargers.com that should be dropping should be out actually on the website but you know i said hey you tell me when we look back at this draft 20 years from now and you tell me that uh, Chris Lindstrom is going to be a top ten player from this draft. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. So that's, you know, that's my guy that, you know, I think is kind of flying under the radar on the media radar anyway, but not on the NFL radar. I'm curious to hear who you think Joe is a first round pick that really isn't getting that kind of hype out there in the uh, mainstream media. Well, I don't care if I get accused of being a homer here. Uh, it would be Notre Dame Jerry Tillery, but I'm hearing some a lot more talk that he's getting in there. But it's it's my other fighting Irish, Julian Love. Uh, you rewind about a year ago, the love people were talking about putting in the first round was Bryce. Uh, but I, I believe uh, Julian's scheme transcend it. I think he survives the man press, but I think he thrives. And that cover three zone teams are running loud. You can match now. He can really do it all. But what he went out there and proves that he's an athlete. Uh, he improved on his 40 time at his pro day. Uh, that He's just a clean-cut kid, comes from a great family, humble person, hard worker. Uh, I think comes from the finest football institution in the state of Indiana. But uh, I'm not seeing near enough talk about Julian Love going in the first round, whereas I think teams looking at corners where they don't have a lot of questions. There's checklists that are just being knocked off all the way down. Uh, I think the only thing you worry about with Love is that injury at the end of last season uh, where he was not able to participate in the college playoffs. But uh, teams right now are feeling the love when they watch Julian play and when they're just apples to apples looking at corners. And, you know, what I know he can do, I think there's going to be a lot of zone teams fall really that have an affinity for Julian. And uh, once again, um, you know, I'm just doing that top 100. He's one of the few players. Uh, he's in my 26 guys right now that have a round one grade, and I'm just not seeing nearly enough uh, talk or conversation about him being a round one where I think he's a very clean corner by comparison, and I'm not in love with this corner class. I think that, as a result, is going to push him up to the top. Um, yeah, I think Notre Dame potentially could have two uh, first-round players at the end of round one, and I don't think enough people are saying that. Yeah, well, <clears throat> Tillery, um, or Love, I should say, came in at 23 on our big board, you know, fast, physical um, corner there, and then Tillery is at 42. So right there um, in that ballpark range. But, yeah, you know, I, I got Love. For Julian, no doubt about it, and uh, you're right. Bryce, <laughs> Bryce Love was the guy everybody was talking about this time a year ago. So uh, there's two guys for you. Keep a lookout. Round one, probably the back end. Julian Love, 
Chris Lindstrom, uh, two guys that could be playing in the Pro Bowl, that, that kind of talent. So um, let's move on, dig a little deeper, Joey. Uh, day two guys, you know, uh, we see it every year. It's going to happen. There's always a bunch of guys selected on day two, rounds two and three that go on. We see it especially true at the wide receiver. I have a feeling you might have a wide receiver or two for us, but we especially see it true at the wide receiver and the running back position. But, um, you know, these day two guys, they go on to outperform a lot of the day one talents that are selected ahead of them, uh, projecting those guys always easier said than done. It's a lot easier to, figure it out after it happens but we're going to try to figure it out before it happens joe who are some of the players that you're kind of uh seeing you know in that day two range that you know you would be targeting if you're in the uh war room you know some day two talents that you think are going to have a big bright career well this uh, it starts at the safety spot like i said that, there's that end of the round one where it's just going to boil down the team needs who's got the stones to trade up and who's just going to back off and say, Hey, I need a safety, but maybe round two's that sweet spot for it. And I think that's uh, Juan Thornhill's going to be there. Uh, Savage from Maryland, your boy, the, the Adderley that it's just, who doesn't fit in that first, I think it's just by default going to end up, you know, too bad you're in the second round. That's all well, but I think uh, Juan Thornhill's my guy. If he didn't fit in the first, he's going to play like a first. Um, you knew he was an athlete. You, I just didn't know he was a freak show. Uh, that combine was just eye-opening. It was like, I knew like he's a single high safety. I think teams that want a center field are going to be all over him. Um, his run support and his chase skills, uh, what he can do in mirror. The, there's just a lot to like about his game, but I mean, that uh, the, the actual testing and triangle numbers that he has right now, that might just push him into day one. Uh, the, the teams, I think there's going to be a few teams going to have an itchy trigger figure on Thornhill, uh, just depending where he falls. Uh, another DB, David Long, Michigan. I, I, I think he fits best in cover too, uh, where you've been, but the testing results show that he's super fast in a straight line. Um, I think he could convert into cover three, like something those bills run. It's, it's kind of zone, uh, and match, but like how efficient long is in his movements, his great feet, the instincts he plays with. Uh, I think he can redirect people. He can sit down in the zone, but he can also burn. He can run with, uh, just about anybody. I, that's just a fine corner that, um, I, I'm, I'm not hearing any sort of talk about him going in day one, which he, he looks like a good player, but he's going to be that, that round three, round two corner that just sticks on a team because he's such a smooth athlete. Um, that's just a real good defensive back. And then uh, I, I'll leave the other safety to you. The, the Maryland kid, I think, uh, has probably got a good chance to fit in this category. But uh, offensively, uh, Damian Harris, uh, I, I just I love the kid. Uh, solid as a rock, and I think more from the intangible aspect of it. I, I'm not worried about him off the field. I'm not worried about where he's going to be on game day. And, and mentally, he's going to be dialed in. That's why he's our number one back. Uh, I think he's got the talent to be a first-rounder, and the Sean Alexander comparison I put out there is just uh, that's what he is. He, he's got great vision. He maximizes everything he's got. Killer blocker. I don't think there's a weakness in his game. And uh, that's the guy I think uh, 
he'll fit into a committee early on. And then by year two, by year three, the team's just going to realize, man, he does everything better than any back we've got. Damien's our man. And, uh, he's, he's definitely going to play like a day one talent. And then the other one, uh, I, I'm, I'm picking on guys that should fit in day one, but won't for whatever stupid reason, but Debo Samuel and that injury that he had, sure, that may knock him, but what a solid player. Uh, I, every memory I'm going to have of Debo is just him killing every corner that decided to stand in his way and was fool enough to try him in Mobile. I, I mean, he was just so savvy. I think he's going to fit as a slot-type receiver, and he's not going to be one of these big slots that's fab in the league right now, but he's so crafty. He's got just such savvy in his routes and also just manipulating his defender. He really toys with uh, DBs and corners. Uh, I think uh, that that's not, it's not going to be a problem for him getting in the league to get open. Uh, A lot of people probably realize that. So Debo is definitely firm in this category. And then two linemen to round it off day, two guys that are going to be day one perform like day one talents is uh, my guy, Elton Jenkins, the Swiss army knife, Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you put him at guard, put him at center. He's played some tackle. Uh, he's going to be, I think, ideal for a team that just has some holes in the interior, and we just need a good body. Uh, Jenkins is uh, just super strong. He excels a run block, and, and that's another guy. He's just a forklift. He's going to get those man hands in him and start moving people down the line. And the last one, Caleb McGarry, Washington. Love his story. Uh, love where he comes from, just the attitude he's got. You want to talk about a humble uh, workman guy, he's going to grab his hard hat and just, he's just going to work his tail off till there's, there's just no quit in Caleb McGarry. And that is a day two guy. I would love, if you're a team that needs a tackle, that is a legit tackle. He's got size. Mm-hmm. And I always love to go talk about kids that have answered the bell, no matter what it was injury, uh, personal circumstances. Uh, Trey Adams, you know, uh, injured two years. I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll start. I'm there. Uh, that that guy, uh, Caleb Accountability McGarry, is uh, definitely a kid I'd want. Uh, I'd want to get on my team in day two. No doubt, uh, plug and play starting right tackle right now. And you know, every now and then, you know, I shake a lot of players' hands throughout the year and every now and then you get a guy a, a guy who's you know you should go to shake their hand and their and their palm just engulfs your whole hand <laughs> that's caleb mcgarry <laughs> where did my yeah. hand go this guy i mean he's just got paws like a bear and then you see him at the senior bowl slapping guys around silly i mean uh he's got brute strength um just a mauler and you know debo I agree with most all of your guys, yeah, but Debo, to me, he's not the biggest, he's not the fastest, but heck, he, he, him and Riley Ridley, they might be the best route runners in this year's draft, and if you were to tell me that Debo Samuel emerges as, like, the best wide receiver in, in this draft class, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, I'm looking at a, a, a day two pick maybe with the Packers. You get him with Aaron Rodgers there, man. Oh, man. I, I don't know. I like the upside in Debo Samuel. Um, you know, a couple other guys I'll, you know, day two for me. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes round one. I was at his pro day, but Rock Yusin, uh Talk about checking off the boxes, Joe, as you go through the draft process. Where where has this guy failed? Um, you know, yeah, Presbyterian. He's done it all right. Continue. 
I mean, you know, Presbyterian discontinuing their football program, probably the best thing that happened to them, uh, you know, getting that temple um, spotlight. But uh, I would not be surprised if he goes around one. I think he'll be a starter out of the gates. And then you mentioned some of the senior ball quotes. Uh, Charles Amenehu from Texas, I think, was a guy that really impressed a lot of the other players, which I think is telling. And that's a reason why we sprinkle a lot of the player quotes into the draft guide and, you know, players talking about teammates, players talking about toughest opponents. Charles O'Menohue is a guy that came up quite frequently. Uh, whether you like him on the inside, outside, I think he's going to be a guy that is a versatile defensive lineman um, that's going to make an impact at the next level. And then, hey, I'm surprised you didn't bring him up, Joe. Terry McLaren, McLaurin from uh, Ohio State. I mean, you know, hopefully after a long 10-year playing career, this guy's going to be a coach one day. Um, you know, a lot of people are saying Paris Campbell is a potential first-round guy. Well, I think you're on board with me when I say Terry McLaurin will be the first Ohio State wideout off the board. Not only that, at, at 10 years removed from now, I'm strongly believe McLaren's going to be the guy still in the league because of how well he plays special teams, how well he blocks, just his all-around game. There's just too much polish uh, to his game. I, I strongly believe we're going to be talking about his name for a while in the pros. Yeah, and I think he kind of gets lost in the mix with all those Ohio State wideouts, uh, K.J. Hill and Johnny Dixon, and the list goes on and on and on. Haskins spraying the ball all over the field, but let's be honest, if, if McLaurin was at another program where he was, you know, where he's the top receiver, I mean, he's probably putting up uh, some of the top numbers in the nation. All right, uh, Joe Everett, Rick Saratella, breaking it down here on the Rick and Joe NFL Draft Show. Check us out over at NFLDraftScout.com. Like it, share it, uh, comment on it. You know, we're the Rodney Dangerfield of podcasts. I don't think we get the love like we deserve. And uh, speaking of guys that don't get the love that they deserve, Joe, day three gems, uh, we're going to keep on digging in the crates here and, and pulling out those bottom drawers uh, to figure out, you know, who are some of these day three guys now? Um, I always believe day three and undrafted free agency is where teams or general managers really scouting departments really earn their money because, there's more undrafted free agents in the league than day three draft picks in the league. And, you know, if you can figure out a way, and we saw it with the Colts this past year, uh, winning the best draft award at the inside the league combine seminar, they were able to hit on their day two and day three selections. And, you know, you get a guy like Darius Leonard in the mid rounds, uh, that's going to do wonders for your team, because I'll tell you, Hey, you got to go build a team through free agency. You're dead in the water. So, you know, day three of the draft is probably uh, not only the most influential, I think the most critical, Joe. Uh, I think day three, call me crazy, I think day three is more critical than day one or day two. Well, absolutely. That's that's the meat and potatoes of your team. And let me look at just brought up the Colts, uh, Darius Leonard. Braden Smith, those are their day two. Well, excuse me, Kamoko Ture and Taquan Lewis. Like right there, that's that's going to be the bulk of the Colts team, right? I mean, I, I look at those four players particularly, 
is staying on the team and, and rounding out that roster. I mean, Taquan Lewis, really, if he wouldn't have been injured at the beginning of the year, uh, I think we'd be talking about his name in a little bit of a different light. And uh, Ture did some really good things, but those first two, Smith and Leonard, uh, they, they don't make the playoffs without them two cats. I, I believe that. Uh, Smith, when no he was supposed to start, he started every game at right tackle for them, and you all know all about Darius Leonard. So, now this is uh, important days, and even beyond that, like uh, what they did last year, getting Marlon Mack in the fourth round, uh, Anthony Walker, the linebacker out of Northwestern in the fifth round. Both those cats started a ton of games and made huge plays for the, for the Colts last year. So, I think uh, this year I'm looking right at Greg Dortch. A guy that's just mm. kind of had a odd college career. Uh, he's just this yeah. super twitchy receiver, and uh, he missed some time. Uh, believe it or not, he fell on a freaking pylon, and <laughs> really looked like I don't know how many games he missed for that. But it was uh, uh, punctured his intestine for that. But still, in the Jeez. limited amount of time he played, he's it, just all purpose. Everything he uh, eats up yards so quick. Uh, he's a great return man. Uh, excellent space mover, uh, crafty route runner. Um, there's just not a lot of footage out there. There's some red flags on him. He's going to be a day three guy, but he gets on the right offense. Uh, I think he could survive in the slot. I think he's also a perimeter player. Um, and day three is tough because, you know, everyone looks at running backs a little differently. You know, I've, I, I, I don't start looking at running backs anymore until day three. So uh, when my running back uh, conversation starts and, and my conquest begins. I'm going to see if David Montgomery, Iowa State, is still out there. Sure, some people may have a, a second-day grade on him, which is fine. But like I said, when I start my process on day three, he's still out there. He's one I'd like to have. Uh, I just – such a trap fronter. He thrives off of contact. And watching him this year, he's so well-conditioned that he's a guy like New Hopkins. He's running the same 40. Maybe it's a slow 40, and it's not super fast. It's 4-6, whatever. He's running that 4-6, whatever, in the fourth quarter, just like he is in the first. I mean, the guy is a tank. And then talking to Matt Campbell, he says he's the most natural receiver in the whole team, runs the best routes, and he'd be playing wide out if he wasn't such a phenomenal running back. Well, that fits into today's league. Uh, I look at Dave Montgomery as a little bit of a poor man's version of Kareem Hunt. Uh, the Toledo back that, you know, whatever happened off the field. But this kind of similar player, real stocky, tough to bring down. No one wants to tackle him. And, oh, by the way, very good receiver. So, I, I don't know. If I'm Kansas City, I'm sneaking Davey Montgomery and where I can get him. Um, the Utah tackle, Jackson Bart, super long. I think him and, and, and Caleb McGarry are fitting right into my uh, – sort of profiles like boys if we could get you on the roster i'd uh move mountains <laughs> that's what they do i think uh, bart he's not the same kind of player as bowls but the same kind of profile real nasty and just loves finishing plays uh it's so tough linemen you know not all linemen do get nasty not all linemen love to finish and just do dudes like uh caleb mcgarry at the senior bowl versus sutton smith like he enjoyed that i'm sorry sutton but caleb mcgarry got off on putting you in the ground and barton like he just uh, he loves pancaking guys this is the type of lineman i think um you know you don't have to spend a premium on barton but he may end up starting another guy i think a, a 10 plus year potential and then my last two i think defenders i really like jermaine pratt 
uh, former safety, sells and coverage. We got a little uh, peep show with the ball skills at the combine with that great catch he made. But I think it's another guy. He's going to fit right in that uh, weak side type, cover two. Uh, might be able to get away with Mike, but I'd like to see him in a in an even scheme. Just that off-ball linebacker. You know he can run with tight ends. Uh, he's a very good athlete, so and I'm confident he can lay the way Pratt. That's a guy uh start for a team for a long time, and I've been banging the table for Will Harris, Boston College. Seemed like every podcast, so let's make it succinct and round this off. Uh, I, I, the, the kid's checking all boxes just like Terry all day McLaurin. He was a standout at the Senior Bowl. His test numbers were great for his size. He's an enforcer on the field. Uh, I think the guy, he's still around in day three, and uh, that's one you'd love to get him on the roster because you know Will Harris will play special teams. He welcomes contact. He'll knock a fool out. Uh, and then just look how well the Boston College defenders have done in the league. That John Johnson for the Rams, Matt Milano for the Bills, Harold Honor Landry for the Titans. Thank you, Vince Young. But uh, I, then there's also that guy, Keithley. I heard he could play. But uh, Will Harris. If you're in day three, you need a safety. That's that's the guy. Uh, now, granted, he's not going to be some single high, have him chase down every play as a center fielder, but uh, box defender, uh, enforcer, that's the type I want on my team. Uh, I think he could also play some nickel. Just, uh, bring me Will Harris and, uh, and give him a helmet. I think he's ready. You know, our guy Drew Schweitzer was at the Boston College Pro Day, and there was a, a, a buzz around Will Harris. And I wouldn't be surprised if he does sneak into the back end of that day, too. Now, um, like you said, checking off all the boxes. And yeah, definitely a good group of names there, Joe, ever breaking it down, never leaving a stone unturned. That's why we love the man. And, you know, day three gems for me, you know, listen. Um, when you get to day three, it's worth rolling the dice on guys that have upside. And, you know, some of the guys that I've identified with upside, I'll start off with the Oklahoma running back, Rodney Anderson. Uh, three season-ending injuries, yes. But the one season he was healthy two years ago, uh, you can argue maybe the best single season of any running back in this year's draft class. So when he's on and healthy, uh, he can be explosive. And so day three, we all remember Terrell Davis going in the sixth round, similar type of injury history. I think Rodney Anderson could be a player. And, you know, he might not have a long career, but he can have an impactful career. And that's what, hey, out of a day three selection, what more do you want? Um, all eyes on Rodney Anderson. Uh, Trevin Wesco, Joe, to me, uh, I'm I'm looking at him as a day two guy. I'm not sure the 32 GMs are on board with that. I think he's a day three guy right now. Uh, and, you know, he's maybe a guy that plays 25, 30 reps a game. But when Trevin Wesco is in the game, you got to be held accountable. The defense has to know where he's lined up uh, and be on a, a lookout for this guy. Because if the ball does get to him, it's going to be problems trying to bring that man down. Uh, you're talking about a guy that at 270 pounds is running faster than than most of the running backs out there. He's running faster than Devin Singletary out there. So, <laughs> you know, to me, that's a guy, I mean, it, it might be a luxury piece to an offense, but if you're a team with draft equity, if you're the Oakland Raiders and the New England Patriots, they seem to have about a, a 12 draft picks 
<laughs> each, I mean, why not roll the dice on a guy like Wesco? All the upside in the world. Um, you know, Andy Isabella, I had a chance to speak to his agent reps out there at the uh, good old Hooters in Indianapolis, and they seem pretty uh, convinced that Isabella is going to go on day two based on the uh, love around the league for him. But hey, there's a lot of wideouts clumped up, Joe, as you know, and I could see Isabella sliding into the day three. And if he does, um, he's going to have a heck of a career. I think that the speed is legit, but he can also create separation. He can work the slot. He can work the sidelines. Uh, I like what Andy Isabella of UMass brings to the table as a wide receiving threat. Um, Justin couldn't make the show today. We'll try to have him on. Justin Gamble always dropping the hammer on him. I know he's high on Preston Williams from Colorado State, the Tennessee transfer. Didn't have a great pro day. Wasn't invited to the combine or wasn't allowed to work out at the combine. But a guy here that, you know, you take away the red flags and I don't know what happened with his girlfriend and, you know, 400 text messages in a 24-hour span. That's a little bit crazy for me, too. But uh, I'll take a little bit of craziness on the field. Don't get me wrong. So, hey, again, I, I haven't met the kid. I haven't done my background investigation on him. So um, I can't speak to that. But talent-wise, I got a pick to play around with in the seventh round, and Preston Williams is still on the board. I've got to consider that, especially when you see a guy like Tyreek Hill and what he's done. Um, as you know, talent reigns supreme. If you can help a team win ball games, you're going to get an opportunity. And, you know, the other guy upside Kaminsky Charleston, uh, didn't love what I saw from the senior ball, but testing wise, when you get a guy that size, that fast, that agile, you got to try to work with it. Marcus Hunt, uh, took a couple years to develop into a pro. That might be the, the route that Kaminsky has to go. But if he slides a day three, how many guys are that big and that fast and can can say that about? Not too many. So those are the kind of guys I want to roll the dice with, Joe. And then, hey, you know I love day three. Uh, how about some guys that weren't invited to the combine? Every year we see about two or three dozen players selected, not invited to Indianapolis. I'll give you three. Uh, all defensive. We'll go defensive line first. The man is just a dog. It's in his name, Michael Dogby from Temple. Uh, he's out here running 493, 40-yard dash at 287 pounds at the Temple Pro Day. Uh, put up close to like 40 bench press reps. The guy is an absolute freak, but he's not just a physical specimen. The guy has pass rush moves. The guy can eat space. The guy is uh, uh, can chase down ball carriers. And, you know, at 287, he's probably going to play on the inside. But he also has the frame to drop 10, 15 pounds and play edge if you want him to. Uh, this is a polished player. I don't know why he wasn't in Indianapolis. And I believe wholeheartedly he, he has p starter potential at the next level. Um, you know, those of you who follow us on Twitter, you know, we've been pumping up our guy Cole Holcomb out of North Carolina. Uh, this guy, 108 tackles this past season for the Tar Heels, all over the field, extremely, extremely uh, great closing speed. And listen, at six foot one and change, at 240 pounds, 234 pounds, the guy ran a 4440. Uh, he had a 39 and a yeah. half inch vert. 
an 11 foot broad jump, uh, four one eight six seven seven three cone. That six seven seven three cone is ridiculous. This is craziness. Um, and you look at the linebacker class. I mean, this guy has a chance to be the highest drafted player not invited to Indianapolis based on skill set, production, intangibles, measurables. Uh, he's the real deal, and nobody's talking about him. So, one last guy, and I really love uh, one of my highlights was, <laughs> you know, one of the practices. I think I was late to getting over to the Shrine Game practice, and the Jimmy Moreland Express, <laughs> you know, the the whole entourage, <laughs> the Jimmy Moreland entourage down in the, the East West Shrine Game, they were rolling deep, and Jimmy didn't disappoint. I think he even may have got called up to the senior ball based on a shrine game performance. Um, but, you know, you, you talk to the guys at the shrine game and you talk to the guys at the senior bowl, like, hey, he's one of the toughest guys you lined up against this week. A lot of people said Jimmy Moreland. And, you know, I think he may have even led the FCS in interceptions, Joe, but this guy just tested through the roof at his pro day. Again, a combine snub. I've got a fifth-round grade. He made a fifth-round grade in the draft Bible. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to check him out at all, but those are my day three uh, guys that I'm going to pound the table for. Any thoughts there? No, it's definitely good to get the guys that didn't go to the combine and are, are lighting it up at the pro days. And one, I just want to throw a couple in there as well. The, we're doing the draft guide, and Rick slides this Florida Atlantic running back in there. Karis White, I'm like, Rick, what the hell are you doing to me, man? i, I got to watch this guy too. What, what is the deal? what am I doing here? So I pop it in and like, yeah, he can play. All right. He's in the guide. Fine. I'm, I'm writing up a report. Well, his pro day, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, five ten one ninety seven. He ran a four, three, six forty and had a 42 inch vertical leap. Uh, Karen White, Florida Atlantic. Uh, it's in the draft guide for a reason. I, I found out the hard way. You guys can just get back and read the report, but, uh, no doubt I thought that pro day number. That's just, that's stupid speed. And then our boy, uh, the Toledo receiver, uh, John Vea Johnson, a four three nine forty at his pro day. Uh, and that, that right there is pretty crazy. And I'll, I'll close it out. I've been bothering you all about my little kick returner receiver from Assumption, uh, Deontay Harris. Yeah. I believe he was at the Harvard pro day. And man, this kid, I want to say it was a, a four three nine. He was in the four threes, but basically that goes back to the footage. You you watch him return kicks, you watch him run around there like he's the, the Tyreek Hill SES. Well, it's legit. He showed up at the uh, the Harvard Pro Day and, and actually did what he was supposed to yeah, it's a four three nine with a one four nine ten yard split. So that's that's real speed from Deontay Harris now. I think uh that that's a guy that deserves maybe to be talked about day three, but if he didn't get drafted, I'm seeing priority free agent for a team that needs a kick returner. No, I love it. And, you know, just uh, bringing, the, bringing the draft Bible home, you know, one of the things this past week I kind of hard to keep up with all the pro day action. So uh, definitely Joe dropping gems on him because it is our diamond hunter edition, uh, digging in the crates, looking for um, some of these players not being talked about. And I think we've done a wonderful job here covering some of the uh, extraordinary great players under the radar prospects 
Like Joe said, they're all featured in the 2019 NFL Draft Bible, our first publication in nearly a decade. All the blood, sweat, and tears have come to a fruition. It's available now to the masses. Go to NFLDraftScout.com. In the menu bar, you can see the link for the draft guide. Instant download. Uh, go get it. Please tell a friend. We appreciate it. Next year will be even better. You got two men right here that can promise you that. Joe, parting shot for the people. Don't listen to the noise. Pay attention to the real by the draft guide. And, and, and let's get ready for the NFL draft. For Joe Everett, Rick Saratella, NFLDraftScout.com, the NFL Draft Bible publication. Keep it locked. It's a can't-stop-won't-stop situation for the next month. At NFL Draft Bible, we'll have all the updates out there. Till the next time, everybody, we appreciate you. The Rick and Joe NFL Draft Show, powered by NFLDraftScout.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.